This is the Get After It Podcast, where young professionals, entrepreneurs, and action takers learn what it takes to be a high performer. This is more than a podcast. It's a movement. Now, let's get after it with your host, Aaron Griffin. Hello, everybody. Welcome in here to the Get After It Podcast. I am stoked for today's guest. Uh, I want to start things off here real quickly um, and just say how excited I am to roll into some of these interviews that we had a chance to do all throughout last month and even the last couple of days of April. Uh, this one is going to be with Mr. Chandler Bolt. Uh, I'm stoked to bring Chandler on the podcast. I, I first connected with Chandler back in, I believe it was early 2018. Uh, I was scaling a division of uh, the student painters out in New England. Um, and it was like, I think the day or like a couple days before our training there, uh, when I first talked to Chandler, he had just hired somebody who had worked with me, uh, in recruiting for that year, uh, for his company self publishing school, which is now an Inc 5,000 fastest growing private company in the United States. Uh, and, and this is just a fascinating conversation for me, uh, to just kind of, we, we, we go all over the place. We talk about Chandler's really, we talk mostly about his business journey and his journey going through, uh, starting from leaving school uh, when he was 19 and having a best-selling book on Amazon when he was 19 years old, taking that, he's now published seven best-selling uh, books and titles, uh, as well as having a company that's on pace to do about $10 million in revenue uh, in the calendar year of 2020, which is freaking insane. Uh, Chandler's awesome. His energy is great. I'm so excited to bring this to you guys. And I know we have some student painters that listen to this podcast, either ex-student painters or uh, current student painters and young entrepreneurs alumni. I think you guys will see several times uh, Chandler touches on that voluntarily about how much that helped him, which I think is just, if I was in student painters right now, losing my mind going through the summer of, of house painting, all the craziness that's happening right now, I think this would be super beneficial for me to hear somebody talking about how to utilize those skills in the real world once you're out of school, once you're um, out there and doing the things that you were meant to be uh, meant to do uh, on this planet. I am stoked to bring you guys this interview. I think there's knowledge in here for anybody, whether you're an entrepreneur, um, a business person, a corporate, you're in corporate America, whatever it is, Chandler's got some awesome stuff in here. Not only in this interview, you can go check out Chandler on his other podcast. He's got the Seven Figure Principles uh, podcast. He's also got, like I said, seven best-selling books. You guys got to check him out, selfpublishingschool.com. Ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, Mr. Chandler Bolt, the CEO and founder of Self Publishing School. All right, let's go. Let's go. So, uh, Mr. Bolt, I was just saying, actually, before we went live here, this is so cool for me because I used to listen to some of your older podcasts from a few years ago on your up and coming. We got a ton of young professionals and uh, hustlers, people that are in school or either just out of school trying to figure out their careers. I want them to get to know Mr. Bolt. So, uh, Chandler, you mind giving us a little bit of a rundown where you're from, uh, how you got into your industry and uh, yeah, dude, just a little bit about yourself and a little bit of your background. Absolutely. Uh, and Aaron, thanks for having me here. Love what you're doing. So, I mean, I'm, I'm a C-level English student and college dropout that ended, ended up uh, creating self-publishing schools. So creating a school and loving reading and loving books, <laughs> which was like probably one of the most unlikely situations I would have ever thought that I ended up in. So, you know, I always knew I wanted to be an entrepreneur, but I feel like growing up, you know, high school, shoot, these days, even middle school, there's so much pressure to like, what do you want to do? What do you want to be? And if you live in a small town like I did, it's just like, you got five options <laughs> is what they would tell you. 
uh, and it, you know, you can be a doctor, you can be a, uh, you know, a janitor, you can be maybe run a landscaping business or, I, I, you know, for me, they said financial advisor was the closest thing that they could find to what I was looking for. I would have hated that. But at the time I thought I wanted to be a financial advisor. So I always knew I wanted to, to, to run a business. Obviously we both did student painters is one of the best experiences of my life. And, you know, uh, Navy SEALs boot camp, hell week, but for seven months and for business is what I always uh, would, would compare it to. And so it was an amazing experience and that helped me learn. I learned so much from that experience. And then the big turning point for me, Aaron, was, you know, when my brother, he said, he kind of, you know, he's, he's he plays in a Grammy nominated rock and roll band called Need to Breathe. And I remember him coming back and saying, Chandler, you know, getting a job is really just convincing someone to pay you to do something. It could be anything you want. Uh, and I, I remember that. And I remember him saying, you know, people told me like, when am I going to get out of music and when am I going to start doing, you know, have a real job? <laughs> and he says, look, like I proved them all wrong. And, and it was just like this earth shattering thing for me where I'm like, oh my gosh, I can do whatever I want. And so I think that opened up the freedom. And then I think, you know, running businesses in high school and then a couple in high school and then obviously student painters in college, like that gave me the confidence that I can actually do this and I can drop out of school and then started uh, inadvertently encouraging other people to drop out of school. <laughs> and I'm like, hold up, hold up, hold up. Uh, you know, our mutual friend, Kevin, <laughs> and I think others. And then I'm like, well, I think maybe even indirectly you. And, and then, it, you know, I think it, it became kind of the running, um, the running joke is like, I, I hope your parents don't hate me um, because people would listen to podcasts and whatever else. You know, do you mind uh, actually elaborating on that a little bit? Uh, what drove you to, because you have a pretty unique story on what actually clicked for you when you were studying abroad as to that you could actually potentially build a revenue stream without a college degree. For sure. So, I mean, for, for me, it was, I, you know, I wrote and published my very first book. It was all, all about productivity for entrepreneurs. It's basically what I learned while running a business with student painters and also being a full-time college student. I was a young life leader had a bunch of stuff going on uh, and I wanted to write uh, really a PDF for my friends that I knew that wanted to start a business, but just didn't really know how to do it. And they were like trying to do these things, but there were more entrepreneurs than entrepreneurs. And so it's like, okay, how do you cut through the noise and actually get the meaningful stuff done? Uh, and so I'm obsessed with productivity and efficiency. So the first book was called The Productive Person. You know, I studied abroad right before I dropped out because I always wanted to study abroad. And then I had this realization when I was about to drop out, it was, oh shoot, I'm going to, I'm not going to get to study abroad. And then it was actually my mom's idea. She thought it would give me time to rethink dropping out. And she said, Hey, what if you just study abroad? Uh, and, and first, and I was like, Oh, that's a great idea. So I'll do that and then drop out. <laughs> and so I was still able to study abroad knowing the whole time I'm going to drop out. Uh, and so I did that. And about the, you know, about that time I wrote and published the book and it just started taking off, man. It, you know, I remember the, the light bulb moment for me was I was talking to a friend on the ski lift snowboarding and he said, Hey, I heard the book's doing well. Is the book actually making any money? Like I heard that books don't make money. And uh, I thought for a second and I said, yeah, actually, you know what? Yes. While we were snowboarding yesterday, the book made over 400 bucks. And it was kind of as if, as I said that, like, as those words came out of my mouth that I realized like, Hey, this is, Passive income, this is people buying my thing all around the world in countries that I've never even been to. Uh, and 
it just really opened it, it really opened my eyes to what was possible. And you know, the book started making a few thousand dollars a month, and then people started asking, "How do you how did you do that?" And then we started teaching people, and then the rest is history. So, so I actually have a question. It's it's interesting because I have a now I actually I've, I've become what you have, which is like people are coming to me. And they'll be like, Aaron, I'm thinking about dropping out of school, which is so strange to me because for me, it was nothing about like, like for me, it wasn't anything that school couldn't offer. It was a simple reality was I screwed up and I didn't get into my business college. And I was learning so much with student painters. I actually just saw the opportunity to move across the country and take over that division as just, uh, I had a couple of friends help me out and it weighed me out. It was like, I'm going to learn more doing this. And worst case I fail at it and I end up hundred percent cool in a year. So to me, it's strange having some of these conversations today because it's not like I ever intended on leaving school. It was more yeah. of a, oh my gosh, I have this other roller coaster of a ride. I can maybe try to see if I could conquer that. I'm going to go give that a shot and see if it works. What is that? Have you ever had some of those conversations where it's like, where you feel like maybe, because to me it's torn because it's like some people they're choosing between burying themselves in debt but they don't really have a clear, oh, man. like you had yeah. a clear thing though that you were jumping yeah. into. And I had a clear thing that I was jumping into. Yeah. So I guess that would be my question. How important is it if you're yeah. going to make the decision to pull the plug on university? Not that I intended to go this way in this interview, yeah. but how important is it to have yeah. some kind of avenue that you're going into? Well, I think a good framework here is, you, you know, we both know Lisa, um, who's on my team at self-publishing school. And, and one of my favorite things that I've heard her say uh, is don't run away from something, run to something. And so I think that that's the commonality between the two of us is we were running to something. I think some people run away from school just to run away from it. And, and you're not running to something, you're running away from something. And so if you're running away from something, it's almost never good. Unless it's just like this, you know, this hor this thing that's horrible for you, then yeah, okay, then maybe you need to, uh, you know, rip the bandaid and remove yourself from that situation. But I think that's the difference is, are you running to something? Like I was running to, I said, Hey, I can build on this. Same exact thing. I'm learning way more at student painters than I, I've learned more in a, in a year in student painters. And I was there for two years, but I'd learned more in the first year than I did of all of my schooling combined. I mean, it was just no, no, not even close, not no comparison. And what the cool thing was it, it made the classes come to life. When I, when I went back to school, I remember my second year, it was like you would hear the professor say stuff and you think, oh, that was that customer or that was this interaction with an employee or this was that thing. And so they're saying things and it has meaning because it's, you can contextualize it because you have context, right? Uh, and so I, I, I think, you know, that, like, that was really helpful. And I, I was, we were both um, running towards something. And then I love what you touched on though. And so if you are totally clueless and you're in doubt, but you're racking up debt hit, I think that's, that's kind of a weird in between where it's like hit the rip, pull the rip cord uh, and get out because the dumbest thing that you can do in my opinion is spend four years chasing a psychology degree paying 50 grand a year to like, for what? It's going to make no difference in what you're doing. Even if you go in that field, it's just people want to be a professional college student because um, college is fun. And then they come back for their MBA because college is fun. <laughs> and then you just keep staying in school and you rack up all this debt. And by the time you realize it, it's crippling. Uh, and so I think one of the biggest mistakes that students make is going to an out-of-state school without a purpose. 
And so I recommend against every, like do not go out of state unless you are very clear about what you want. Cause automatically you go out of state and it's way more expensive. You know, you're talking 30, 40, 50 grand a year. And I get it. Like you want new experiences for me. I went as far away as possible and still being in state. <laughs> so it's like four hours away. And, and so I don't recommend staying in your hometown either. Cause I think you need those new experiences. And for me, I don't regret going to school. I, I, I'm glad that I went for two years and I'm also glad that I didn't stay for the last two, even though it's frustrating because they jam all the prereqs in the first two years. So like, I think I would have gotten way more out of the last two years, but they wouldn't let me take my business classes right when I got there. And we fought on that pretty hard. Um, but it, would, it just was what it was. So that, that, I mean, I know I went kind of all over the place there, but like uh, just to contextualize it for people, I think that that'd be my recommendation. And, you know, it's also, it, it cracks me up because it's like, it's the 21st century. And one thing I said with somebody, it's like, what are you going to starve? You know, if you, if you leave school, like, what are you going to starve? You're not going to be able to make rent? Absolutely not. You're going to figure that out. But the reality is when you have all this crippling debt, it's not that it takes away your ability to live. It takes away the ability to actually take any kind of risk that's going to give you some kind of, I mean, let's not throw it all the way back to money, but it's money, right? It's not going to give you the ability to build wealth at all in the time that is probably the best for you to build wealth. I want to ask you about your business, dude. So you are, you guys started with books and you're expanding like crazy. You're hitting a lot of different categories. COVID-19 in a lot of ways is probably accelerating you guys in a lot of ways. Can you talk about what you guys are doing? I know you guys are killing it right now with business development all the way down the line to more people gotten, coming in to get books done, but also they're launching courses. You're trying to help you with yeah. TED Talks. What's going on, man, with the self-publishing school in 2020? For sure. So, I mean, for those who, who don't know, um, so self-publishing school, we're basically an education company and we help people write and publish books. That's the core of what we do is take people from blank page to published author in as little as 90 days. Um, so mostly nonfiction. We also obviously have, we have got fiction. We've got a children's book course. We help people with memoirs and all that stuff. Um, but our bread and butter is helping people get books done and publishing those books successfully, usually in a way that grows your impact, your income and your business. Um, and some people don't have a business, but uh, the, the, those are our best clients uh, is the people who can grow a business from their book. So, uh, you know, that's the core of what we do. Um, and then we, like you said, we've been rolling out more stuff like Author Advantage Live last year, which was awesome. You were obviously there, 300 people. It was amazing. Um, sold out our first ever live event, 300 people. That was something that everyone was like, dude, you're crazy. Um, you can't do that. And we did it. Uh, and a huge, I mean, uh, just all credit to the team and the amazing community at SPS. I mean, I mean just, they just, the team willed that into existence. Um, and, and then, you know, coming up this year is, is our, our second event and our goal is to have 600 to 750 people there. Um, and so we'll, we'll see how that goes. We're already almost halfway sold out, um, which is exciting. Um, ticket sales have definitely slowed down amongst COVID-19. Um, cause people are like, I don't know if what's going to happen. So I'm just going to hold off, which I, I, I would expect that. Um, but yeah, and then we've got other pieces that we're rolling out, like how to, uh, online course building for authors. So how to turn your book into a course at the time of recording this, um, podcast, we just launched yesterday, PR and speaking for authors. Um, and that's really awesome to get, help people get on podcasts, uh, to help people, um, uh, get PR or publicity to help people book speaking events, stuff like that. Um, we just roll back the self-publishing school podcast, the seven figure principles podcast. So um, just moving a lot of stuff forward, but to, to, to circle back, like, I, I mean, I think we're about to have 
one of our best months ever this month. Um, outside of like Author Advantage Live, obviously that's a huge spike of revenue um, and launches and stuff in the past, but it, it's going very, very well. And now here's the thing though, like it's, it's the classic, you know, takes 10 years to become an overnight success or the classic iceberg uh, fallacy, right? It's like people see where you're at and they don't see where you've been. And so like, you know, we ended last year pretty weak and we started this year pretty weak. Now, like, and so that was helpful for us in the sense of like, it helps when, when everything's always up and to the right, like it has been for, for years. And, you know, we still grew about 40% last year. And that was kind of like, okay, cool. It's a bit of a mid of middle, middle of the road kind of I mean, like year for us, but like for most people, that's unbelievable, right? And so like, I just, I, it's that constant dichotomy of like seeing where you can be and seeing where you are and that productive tension between the two. So to directly answer your question, like having an awesome month and yes, this has been very positive for us. And I think it's because of the way the team responded. Um, and, and the team has really, really responded the right way. And the big, my big message to them was, how do we get better because this happened, not in spite of this happening? <laughs> and so I, I really see this whole thing as a blessing for us is it helps us get back to the basics. That's our theme for the quarter and get back to, hey, does it get students signed up or does it get student results? Uh, and if it's not one of those two things, we're not doing it. And so just continually trimming and cutting, and that's what we've been doing over the last 45 days or so since all this started going down is just get back to the basics. and. It's paying off in a big way. I want to turn this into uh, back to, you know, with, with young professionals that are listening to this, I know a lot of people aspire to be an entrepreneur. We had an interesting conversation in August of this year to talk about really how long it took you to get your business off the ground. I want to actually kind of pick up on that a little bit. You guys are now doing a self-publishing school. I want to say you guys, it's been five years now. Have you guys been five years in business? Four years? Yep. So. Yep. Yeah, just a tad over five years. Yep. And you guys are now, I know you're on pace to do about eight or 9 million this year. And you guys are probably going to crush that with everything going on where, if you want to take it back though, to the beginning and that first year out of school versus how long did it take you as you scaled this now multi-million dollar business, how long did it actually oh, take yeah. until you were paying yourself? I'm really curious because I think a lot of people <laughs> aspire to be entrepreneurs, but how long sure, did you yeah. actually, cause in every, and by the way, this stems from our, I just had a conversation with young, I have a group of young professionals who meet every Wednesday. In fact, we're meeting in an hour or so. And we had a guy on from, his name's Aaron Witt, and he's building a construction media company. And he's gotten, taken it from 150000 to $2 million in two years. And one, he still doesn't really pay himself that much at all, right? Because he's scaling a yeah, company. Yeah. So how long did it take yeah. you to actually get there? And you want to talk about those first, year, really like that, those sure, first 18 yeah. months where you, you were living in like Iowa for whatever reason. Yeah, you know, oh, you, give sure. me a little bit yeah. of background on that, yeah. So it was a long time. And, and, and that's what I'll say is like, I think there's two parts here. Number one, not everyone should be an entrepreneur and don't let society shame you if you're not. And I think that's like, I love, I know Gary Vee said this way back and I, I've just always resonated. This is like the world needs more really good number twos, <laughs> like in a world where we glamorize entrepreneurs uh, and, and it's just like, oh my gosh, if you're, oh, you're not an entrepreneur, you're working for the man. Like, it's just like, and we glamorize this thing and make it up for what it's actually not, which is very freaking hard. So you got to love it. You got to want to do it. Um, and if you choose, if you choose not to take that path, 
that's totally okay. Um, and so I think that's important. And then the, the, and then the flip side, like, it's just like leadership. Like everybody wants to be a leader. Nobody wants to lead. <laughs> um, cause leadership is, I mean, it's, it's what I looked at my team a, a few weeks ago and I said, Hey guys, COVID-19, like this is when we earn our paychecks. <laughs> this is when it's, this is when you, when leaders lead is in times like this. And this is when, you know, it's easy to lead, uh, when things are going well, especially once you have the skill set, it's like, okay, cool. Things are going well. It's not that hard. It's like wartime, peacetime CEOs, um, and the hard thing about hard things. Great book. Um, but, but so like, yeah, how long did it take me to get paid? I mean, I dropped out at the beginning of, I mean, technically end of 2013, beginning of 2014. I think that first year, we did 86 grand. There was three business partners, 86 grand in revenue. Um, I think I made maybe like 15 grand um, that first year. So not even enough to file taxes. <laughs> um, it's like, the, you know, if you're below, I think it's 16 grand. Uh, it, it's like the government's like, yeah, no, you're good. <laughs> You don't know us anything. God bless you. <laughs> and, and I, so that's the camp I was in in the very beginning. Um, but even after that, I mean, it was 2015. And it's like, okay, cool. Now we're starting to pay ourselves a salary. I think in the early days it was like maybe maybe 60 grand, but we didn't start paying ourselves until like part of the way through the year. So I bet you I made 40 grand, maybe 50 grand. Um, I forget that year. And then the next year is like, cool, this is going to be my make money year. Like, let's do it. And, you know, I show up to my offsite, find out from one of my employees and my business partners trying to kick me out of the business. Uh, we negotiate a buyout and I go multiple six figures in debt uh, and buy them out. And so I think, you know, maybe that year it was like 60, maybe 75, which, okay, now we're getting into like, if you have a skill, like the skill set that I came out of student painters, you know, having is like, cool, you know, depending on the role, 50, 60, 70, maybe if you're like specialized sales or something, you can go significantly higher than that. Um, but you know, I'm coming out, if I would have just came straight out with the skill set, um, that's what I'm doing. So like, sometimes if you're making this decision, whether it's, you know, I talk about this people all the time, come with that with SPS, it's like, Hey, you're making a long-term growth decision. And I think people think way too short. They think six months, they think one year, they think two years, and they don't think five years, 10 years, 15 years, like where, where is this taking me? And so whether that's strategically with the company that you're deciding to join, which I have you know, conversations with people all the time, because it's like they get enamored by the hub spots of the world, the LinkedIn's of the world. And it's like, cool, you can go be a cog in that machine, or you can, like, you can grow. Uh, and, and so, you know, and then, then the following year, I think I've paid off those six figures in debt. And that's when I started making money, um, you know, real, real significant money. Um, yeah, but I mean, it, it's, about, it's a, it's a long game. What? Yeah. And at this point we're talking about the last couple of years now at this point. Oh, a hundred percent. Yeah. Right. It was like, I guess that was technically in, yeah. I, so I would have, I would have paid that off in 2017. So the beginning of, I think it was about February, 2017. So it's not been a, a it was about 11 months. And then that was when, but I'll tell you, it was always like always later than I thought. <laughs> and as frustrating and, and it's easy when you're working a job to be like, screw you, I need to get paid. But like when you're working for yourself, it's like, screw you, <laughs> I need to get paid. And then you're talking to yourself. 
and, and and but then I think in some ways it helps you face reality because you're just like okay well there's only one person to blame and that's me so it's easier to be way more accountable um, versus you know I young people in my company like I've had that conference I can tell they're getting antsy and it's like oh I need to make more or I need to whatever but like when you're in the situation where we're working with yourself it's like I was very frustrated again and again and you and it's like especially when you feel like it's right there you're like oh because it's it's always that like right out on the horizon and then it, it and then you feel like you're right there and you're ready and you've been just scraping by and then it just and then the target gets moved back a year and you're just like oh my gosh so yeah it's takes 10 years to be an overnight success. So I, I actually hit on this a little bit in my, in, in my book that is finally coming out, by the way, editing stages. We're rolling with Heck it. I, uh, yeah. I, uh, I, I hit on this about, it's really strange how um, employment, small businesses have employed about 36, 37% of the country. 10 years ago, there was the same number. It's basically about the same conglomerates of 2,500 or more were about that much they're now up to about 47 48 percent i think and personally i think a lot of that just has to do with they have so many more resources to be able to get people right out of school that are going right into oh, these jobs, right yeah. so yeah that's my theory on it but i want to get your take on not so much that but if you are a lot of people coming out of school and even people who maybe have a year left they're losing internships uh, if their job hasn't been canceled yet there's a good chance it just will be dependent on the industry with everything that's yeah. going on right now what are you, where do you, where would you pivot if you were a young professional 2021 20, getting out of school? You kind of mentioned it in terms of where you would like to see and going towards maybe a smaller, faster growth company. But, but what do you do if you're, yeah. if you're sitting in some place in Ohio? I call Ohio because it's like, who wants to live in Ohio? But if you're, you know, you're someplace <laughs> in Ohio and it's like, you know, what am I going to do with the rest of my life? What, what do you do to take advantage of the times right now? What do you think you would do? Yeah. Oh, 100%, man. It's, I've got so many thoughts on this. I mean, I think first and foremost, you've got to think long out. Like you, you got to, you, as best as you can. And sometimes it's tough because sometimes for me, it was just like, what's the next thing? Okay. And then I, that's going to, I'm going to keep tripping and falling into the next thing after that. And by laser focusing on what's next, what's next, what's next. I call it like, um, the telescope and the microscope. Um, so it's like you're you're looking out far. Um, it's like the dichotomy and goal setting. Like you're looking out, but also you're looking right in front of you. So you're looking out with the telescope and you're looking right in front of you with the microscope. Um, and but I feel like in the early days, like my telescope wasn't working because <laughs> I'm like, oh man, I can't really see where I, I don't know. Like I, and so then I was just very I was looking through the microscope all the time and just what's next, what's next, and how can I bloom? It's one of my favorite things. Bloom where you're planted. It's one of my uh, videos on my seven figure principles um, YouTube channel and on the podcast and all this. Like I talk about this with people all the time is if it's what my parents always taught me. If, if you're going to sweep, if you're, it doesn't matter if you're sweeping the floors, be the best floor sweeper that ever lived. So take whatever you're doing and, and do it to the best of your ability. And that doesn't matter. So maybe you got demoted, maybe your job got snatched out and you had to settle for something else, whatever, do that thing to the best of your ability and get out the telescope and the microscope. Um, and But look to where you're going, because if you don't know where you're going, then how are you going to get there? And so as best as you can, look out. And so for me, I was about this close from taking, uh, for me, I was like, man, I, if I can get just like right under the CEO at a fast growth company, like I'm going to learn all the skill sets that I want to I learn um, to scale my company. And so I was very close in the early days to like looking for that and pulling the trigger on that. Uh, and so for a lot of people, I feel like get in an environment that's going to help you grow 
and find, you know, think about where you're going. And, and then in some cases it's like, it's our, you know, our, um, our, our mutual friend, Pedro works at self-publishing school. It's like, I know I love the mentality he had, which is like, Hey, I'll, whatever role is needed, I'm just going to get there. Cause I know that if I'm an SPS, like I'm going to learn and grow and be challenged and all that stuff. So like, think about where you're going and then how can you surround yourself in an environment that's going to help you grow a lot and push you to be the best version of yourself. And then the last thing I would mention is, um, yeah, it's probably the last thing is in, invest in, invest in your mind and in growth, because that's the one thing that nobody can ever take away from you. So even if you don't have, like when I dropped out of school, I kept learning like I didn't drop out of school. It was like, okay, I had this, you know, my parents had this money set aside um, and I had some, a bunch of scholarships. For, so most people were like, oh, you could finish your degree for seven grand. I mean, because scholarships and all the other stuff. And it's like, well, no, for me, I was looking at opportunity cost of what's the cost, you know, what could I do outside of that? But I, I was thinking, I'm like, all right, I'm dropping out, but I got to act as if I'm still learning as if I was in school. It's just the school of life. Um, but I need, to, I need to take it that seriously. And so that would be my recommendation for people is, you know, take your learning seriously as the college dropouts approach to, to learning is what I call it. Um, but like learn is if you're still in school and challenge yourself to grow. Um, and then I could give like specific like, and, you know, industry role, whatever. But I think really it's the fundamentals of, of learning, growing, thinking where you're going. I love that stuff. And, you know, uh, I wanted to hit on this with you. You mentioned you, you originally started SPS with three partners, including yourself. Um, I remember when I was first looking at my book, I was going to co-author it. And you told me, uh, do it. what did you think? Hands well, on the paintbrush. Have you ever tried me. painting a painting with two hands on the paintbrush? It doesn't exactly. work. And, uh, I want to ask you now about this because now as you are, you're building your authority and I mean, you guys already have authority in the self-publishing space, but um, as you are building your authority online and everything, your presence and your platforms, I'm sure opportunities are just coming to you like nobody's business. How do you determine what's good in a partnership? If you are going to work with somebody <laughs> on something, what yeah. are the things that you do look for? If there are anything, what are some tips for people that are trying to build partnerships that actually work? And do you just avoid them in general if you yeah. are trying to grow something while you're younger? Yeah. So I think this is a two-parter. It's like one piece is how, how do you, you know, choose between opportunities or yes, no, whatever. And the other one is, is specific to business partnerships. So the, how do I choose between them is I say no to almost everything. Um, and it's got to have a really high bar because I want to stay laser focused. And I love the quote. It's uh, most businesses, don't die of starvation, they die of indigestion. Uh, and so it's from too much opportunity, not, not enough, right? And so uh, just being ruthless about what we prioritize as a company and then also what I prioritize personally. And I just don't really have side stuff. I mean, I'm in a monogamous relationship with self-publishing school uh, and she gets jealous when I start to see other people. Uh, and then as the business grows, you realize that it's like, you know, cause I did this and I had a side thing where I was kind of like a 30 minute a week and I was a by far a minority owner uh, and it was, you know, business partnership. And I said, Hey dude, you run it. Good friend of mine, mutual friend of ours. Um, and, and, and finally it's just like, I, I would have to make so much money from this for it to even make sense. Like, otherwise it's a distraction from what we're doing at self publishing school. And so the bars become so high for what, 
an opportunity you should say yes to. And so I think it's like the whole, in order to increase the level of things that you say yes to, you first have to increase the level of things that you say no to, right? And, and, and you have to say no to bigger things first for there to be opportunity for the, for the yes. Um, but then the, the business partnership thing, you know, my personal philosophy now, um, you know, I had a mentor back in the day uh, in school uh, you know, he had this yacht. It was this really cool yacht. <laughs> and, uh, and, 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 uh, he said, Chandler, you know, I, I love ships. I love tall ships. I love, you know, big ships, long ships, small ships, but Lord of mercy, don't put me in a partnership. <laughs> and that was his approach to partnerships. And it pretty closely mirrors mine. Like, I don't need to have a business partner. Um, I've got a lot of partners. They just work at the company. They work in my company. Um, and uh, we're partners in the sense that a lot of them, uh, full-time non-commissioned employees are in the profit share, which I think is in a lot of cases better than equity, especially if you're not going to sell your company. People get lured away by equity, which is worthless. And you, unless you have liquidity or an exit event, <laughs> um, but the profit share, like I'm cutting people a check every quarter. <laughs> um, and, and because they, they essentially own a piece of the business. So we are partners in, in that sense. Um, and, and, and I also, but I don't believe in, so like, I'm not saying I would never partner because in the future, for sure, I will be probably either minority partner um, and I'm bringing my name to the deal and the other person's doing all the work um, or I'm bringing like strategic relationships, intros, stuff like that, or I'm majority partner um, and I'm, I'm running it or I have my team running it and we own the majority, but there's no such thing as a 50-50 partner. <laughs> um, so I think that is where most people go wrong is, and I've got a video on this on my YouTube channel and it's also uh, on the seven figure uh, principles podcast is th there's no such thing as 50, 50 effort. There's no such thing as 50, 50 work investment, whatever one person, like, yeah, I could go way long on this, but like, there is no such thing as 50, 50 partnership. And the thing I had someone tell me that I ignored and I wish I wouldn't have is don't partner out of insecurity. So I was insecure about my ability. And, and so when you're doing something like this, like, oh, cool. Well, if I can like get one or two other people to say yes, now I at least have like a sounding board. I feel like I'm not crazy. I feel more confident that this is going to actually work. But you're really just partnering out of insecurity, which is one of the worst things you can do. Chandler, I didn't get a chance to do it, but thank you so much for your time for coming on here. I know you're doing a blitz of 30 podcast interviews here for April, uh, but I know you chose the Get After podcast to reveal the keynote speaker for Author Advantage Live. Is that right? Mm -mm. <laughs> <laughs> do you want to do you want to plug uh, how they? Because I absolutely love the Seven Figures podcast. It's it's obviously it's from your YouTube channel, and it's it's actually hilarious. By the way, everything that's happening now with working from home and all this stuff, it's like, gosh, yeah. I've been doing stuff from Chandler Bull for eighteen months. So it's like, <laughs> about it anymore. How do people learn more about you? How can they support you uh, and get more stuff on self publishing? And why should they, if they're interested in self publishing? Why should they look at uh, Author Advantage Live coming up next September, I'm assuming? Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I think writing and publishing a book, I mean, it's one of the best things that you can do for your life as a whole. It's one of the best things I've ever done. And as a young professional, whether you want to run your own business or whether you want to work at a company, like there's either way, you're setting yourself up for success. And, you're, and it's, it's exactly what you're doing. It's like either you're rolling this into your company or you're rolling this into your resume. And either way, it's great. <laughs> and either way, it's a win. And it's like, okay, cool. I'm either learning a lot of life experience. I've got a little bit of passive income, not going to get rich off of it. But I'm building an asset 
um, or, or I'm like slap that on top of my resume when I'm looking at a job and there's no way they're going to hire the other person. <laughs> you know, not a chance. It's like how many people are, are, are coming in with a, with a published book. So I think it's one of the best things you can do. Um, if you want to check out what we do, we got a ton of free resources. Uh, it's self-publishingschool.com. Um, probably the best place to start. We've got a kind of a pillar post that's on how to write a book. There's a book outline template generator there that spits out an out of a 25 page Google doc that you can literally just type into. I don't even know if you know that we had that. Um, it's sweet and new. Um, you can get a free copy of my book published there. You just have to pay shipping and handling. Like th those are good places to get plugged in. And then we'd love to see it author advantage live. I mean, it's going to be awesome. Uh, after all this whole quarantine stuff's done, um, it'll be great. And it's in September, um, September 26th through the 28th in Orlando. Uh, Mr. Aaron Griffin's going to be there. So that's really the biggest, biggest reason you should be there uh, is, is to see him. Uh, but then there will also be some cool stuff. Uh, and, you know, there'll be a lot of really good teaching um, around growing a business, around selling books, getting your book done, all that stuff. It's going to be awesome. I'm humbled that you're going to have me keynote the event. That's great. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks Chandler so much for coming on. Thank you, Aaron. What an episode. So much fun. Thank you so much to Mr. Chandler Bolt for joining us and to all of you that made it through that entire interview. Thank you guys for listening to the get after a podcast. Let me just absolutely butcher what I was going to say there. I was going to say, if you did enjoy this podcast, if you brought, if it brought you some value, and if it's important to you and that you do listen to this daily, we highly appreciate uh, ratings, reviews, helps us a ton in finding new people uh, to help us with the get after it mission. That being said, I'm going to get out of here. Thank you guys so much for listening. This is June 3rd, 2020. This is the get after it podcast. I'm Aaron Griffin. Thank you guys so much.